Welcome to See Uncovered, a place where you'll find the stories of proven entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ashley Henschel. Welcome to See Uncovered. Today we have on Pang Pang. She is an actress, host, singer, content creator, who is making a name for herself after a championship career as a gymnast at UCLA and the Canadian national team. She has become extremely popular, and I'm so excited to speak with her. She's going to come on and share her wisdom in content and sports. So thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you for having me. That was quite the intro. I was excited. <laughs> so I always start with this. It's a pretty loaded question, but hmm. who is Peng Peng? Oh my gosh. I think, um, you know, Pang her whole life has been known as a gymnast and an athlete. And it's really interesting transitioning after the athletic worlds going into content entertainment. And Pang as a person is really just someone who has a love for life, who wants to try everything, who is competitive, um, very optimistic only because we've had lots of setbacks in my life and in the sense of hurdles and a lot of, um, negative events that have happened, but we have pursued through them. And she's definitely someone who is passionate about what she does and always gives 110% of what she does too. I love that. What would you say sparked your passion for gymnastics? I was very, very hyper as a kid. And I think as a parent, my parents were like, we need to somehow get this energy out of this kid. Mm -hmm. And so my parents are super active. They love sports and they just thought gymnastics was the perfect combination of physicality and also something that would exert all my energy. So I actually got put into gymnastics when I was about four years old. And then I actually quit when I was seven, just because I did not like it whatsoever. <laughs> it was a lot of, again, physicality. It was a lot of conditioning. And just as a kid, you just, you don't really want to cry while you're in the splits and holding <laughs> a hollow hole. It's just yeah. not fun. So I ended up doing a lot of other things. So I ended up doing like a theater camp, a pottery camp. I did tennis, golf, and pretty much like everything in the camp book. <laughs> and so that year was actually amazing just because I was able to broaden my horizons on activities and things that I was interested in and other sparks that really caught my interest. But I ended up going back to gymnastics when I was eight years old. Um, and I just wanted to join it just for fun. I told my parents we moved cities and there's a gymnastics club right by our house. And I said, I'll only do it just if it's for fun. And it was my first year competing. I absolutely loved competing, like getting in a leotard, performing in front of like a crowd, the judges. And I had so much fun. And that's when I ended up saying, you know, I really want to do gymnastics. It's like, it's so fun to learn flips and tricks and a bunch of different skills. And so when I was 10 years old, I went into a very competitive program. And from there, my gymnastics blossomed and um, I started being on the Canadian national team at eight or not eight, sorry, 11 <laughs> when I was 11. And so that, that really sparked my interest in wanting to pursue it as a full-time kind of sport. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people know how the gymnastics world works. So how did you even get on the national team? You have to try out. What's the process yeah. like? Yeah. So in Canada, it's a little different than the U S uh, protocol, but 
we have, again, different levels and you go from, you start at the bottom level and you work your way up. And I wasn't very good when I started. Like I was super messy. I think I would always get a ribbon. Like I was probably just making the podium at eighth place. And, but I was one of those people who loved to watch the other girls compete. And Mm -hmm. especially I loved seeing like what technique they use and how to get better myself. I ended up switching gyms and the new gym club that I went to was specifically for elite gymnasts. And what I mean by elite is they push their athletes to get on the national team. They have a lot of Olympians that came from the club. And sometimes with gymnastics specifically, it could be about the the coach experience too. If they had been to the Olympics before, maybe they haven't, but they've kind of gotten close. Um, it's a little mix of the talent from the gymnast, but also the coaching from the adults. And for my case, it's just, they had a lot of Olympians coming from my gym club. And so mm-hmm. I was always inspired to go to the Olympics because there were Olympians on the wall and the coaches had been there before. And we were one of the top two gymnastics clubs in Canada. So it it was just lucky that it was about 10 minutes away from my house. And that's kind of how, when you get on the national team, you go through different competitions and you earn, I want to say you earn points, but it's been a really long time, but it definitely depends on how you do during competition. And then you get invited to like the camps, the training camps. And that's kind of, they have like a selection period and you either get on or you don't. (laughs) It's very like black and white at that point. You were the Canadian Olympic team captain. What was that like? And what skills did you bring to motivate your team? Yeah, so it was a bittersweet experience. I took a year off after high school to pursue the Olympics. I was a year too young for the 2008 Olympics. So I couldn't have qualified even how hard I tried. It just was the wrong age. But when 2012 came around, I really put a lot of all my eggs in one basket. I took a year off after high school. I deferred my scholarship to UCLA and I was just training. I had really strict regimen. I said, you know, I'm going to get a conditioning coach and I'm just going to go all out. So to me, it was no regrets. I'm going to go for it. Um, I ended up helping Team Canada qualify to the London Olympic Games and I was doing extremely well that year. I was competing with the top gymnasts in the world and ranking. So I was doing really well that year. Unfortunately, I tore my ACL right at Olympic trials. And so I was then officially out of the running. Um, I thought maybe about doing like bars, but I had torn my ACL on my knee. And I just said, I'm only 19 years old. (laughs) Like I'm not trying to ruin my knee for the rest of my life. And so I ended up officially telling them I'm out of the running and everything. But when I was, you know, really down in the dumps and I was depressed and just went through all the emotions because I spent a whole year and my whole life was kind of to that moment for 2012 Olympics. Team Canada was so nice. I think because I had traveled, I've been to Worlds, World Cups and just had a lot of experience. I competed in the O2 arena to help Team Canada qualify to the games that they just said, you know, we really appreciate everything and your attitude and the mentorship that you can bring. And we really want to invite you to be our team captain. And so it was very bittersweet. It was sweet because I was so thankful that no, like no one brings an injured gymnast. It's probably like the most Canadian thing ever. <laughs> but no one brings an injured gymnast, but I just found so much. I was super proud of myself because I said, you know what? It, sometimes it's not all about talent. It's about what you can offer to the team too. And I mm-hmm. was so thankful that I could mentor the girls. I could help them. And just to be at the Olympic Games, still representing my country, maybe not in the way that I wanted to, 
But still being there was just absolutely amazing. It was super incredible experience, but it was definitely bitter in a way when I was watching the girls um, compete because, you know, it. you always have that feeling like, oh, like I should have been there, but my body just, you know, it, it didn't allow me to. But yeah. the girls on Team Canada, I had this thing where I wore little white flowers in my hair during competition. They didn't tell me, but they were all on the competition floor and they all wore little white flowers for me. So it was so, so sweet. It was super sweet. So, yeah. you know, again, it was a bittersweet experience, but all amazing things. And I don't regret anything because I really went into that year with no regret. So I tried everything that I wanted to. It's awesome that you got to be a captain and that they were so sweet about it. What a cool experience. I would, So what are your thoughts now on the NCAA changing its rules to allow athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeliness, the NIL? It's really interesting. It's funny because a lot of people always ask me like, Oh, are you mad? And like, I was like, you know what? I'm not mad necessarily. I'm just jealous. But (laughs) I found out that international people can't even profit off NIL. So even if I was a gymnast, like in the NCAA right now, I wouldn't be able to profit because I would be there on a student visa. And I think a lot of the international people would have to get a work visa to do all those brand Mm -hmm. deals. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm very thankful for, the opportunities that I had, it was interesting because I was always interested in entertainment and I wasn't allowed to do anything with commercials or stunt work or anything because it had to do with my name and also my ability. So that was the only unfortunate thing because I feel like I had to wait way later to even start entertainment. But at the same time, it taught me a lot to be very disciplined, be very intentional with what I do and be very present in the moment. And that's something that I appreciated when I was on the team is that the only, you know, distractions we had was school and, and gymnastics. It wasn't like social media driven and all that stuff. And we were really in it with the team. And I think that's what allowed us to win in 2018 championships. The girls who are able to profit are very lucky. And I hope that they know how lucky they are yeah. that they're able to have those opportunities because um, definitely, you know, in my time we weren't allowed to, but it's so awesome that they can have those opportunities. And, you know, they kind of have to grow up a little faster now because mm-hmm. it's like working school and gymnastics. It's, it's a lot. And then you get, you know, judged from the social media world. It's, it can be, I can understand how much it can be, but that's a great opportunity for a team to really bond and become stronger to support one another rather than, you know, get in their head about things that they don't really need to get into. I'd love to hear more about your transition in your career in gymnastics to content creation. Was this something intentional? Did it happen organically? No, I I call it a happy accident. It was not intentional at all. So For me, I really wanted to go into acting and music. And that was the main thing I really wanted to do. My coach knew that. We had sang the national anthem a couple times at UCLA meets, at um, professional games. And I had dipped my toes into acting. And so after college, it was a big transition. Like, I'm not going to lie. I think I went through like two years of straight emotional roller coaster where I had no idea what was happening to my body. Like, I was going through puberty all over again. <laughs> like it was, it was rough. It was very rough. And the one thing that was interesting was when COVID hit around, nothing was happening and there were no auditions happening. There was no like music opportunities for me to meet people and work with people. And so 
I have always been a person where, and again, I think this has to do with my injuries when I was younger. If there's something I can't do, there's always something I can do. And so when I went home during COVID, I was with my family and I said, you know what, even though I can't act or anything, I I still don't have a resume in acting. I didn't have a lot of experience. I'd only taken a handful of classes. Might as well use those classes and figure out TikTok and build a platform for myself and try and move away from gymnastics because a year after I graduated, I was still stuck. And I, I I say the word stuck in the sport because the thing when you referred me paying as a person, it would be paying as a gymnast. And it was really hard for me to branch out and show people what else I could do because I had only proven myself in the gymnastics world. So TikTok, I did not understand it whatsoever. I had no idea what the app was. I was so confused. I was like just experimenting. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to tell any of my gymnastics community. Sorry, there's construction going on. You're good. Um, I was like, I'm not going to tell any of the gymnastics community I'm on TikTok. It's just for me personally, just for me to experiment and figure out like talents that I want to showcase. And that's exactly what I did on the app. And it's just, I was having a lot of fun with it. It took me a while to even build a platform on the app, but I'm so thankful that I was just kind of experimenting on it and was able to, it was able to help me open opportunities with where I wanted to go and end up in anyways. Mm -hmm. So I always think that the TikTok was kind of like my online resume in a way, (laughs) showcasing what else I can do. It's your little portfolio you have. Yes, exactly. (laughs) How did you come up with content? I know I struggle coming up with content. Like, do you just throw ideas down, whatever stuck, stuck? It's it's funny (laughs) because I think I've always been a very creative person. And when I'm really into something, I'll have like a thousand ideas (laughs) and I'll just want to try everything. But with TikTok, I had a really hard time because... When I didn't understand the app, I didn't know how to edit. I didn't like, it, it was just very confusing to me. I didn't understand trending, like even the word trending. I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, wh- how are people going viral? It, it was very confusing to me. So I, what I was doing was thinking what is cool to me. And then I started looking at other creators and Zach King was, is always one of my favorite creators. He's like a magician creator, does a lot of edits. And I found out at Google and I'm like, how does Zach King do his edits? And it's a Final Cut Pro. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have Final Cut Pro. Like, it's like one of the very basic editing mm-hmm. like tools. And so I started YouTubing a lot on how to like edit and figure out different videos. And if I found a cool video, I would save it and then try and recreate it with my own twist. And I was very much just experimenting with, oh, well, if this is working on someone else's page, maybe it'll work on my page. But again, with my own little twist to it. And so I just started doing a lot of transition videos because th- those were really fun to me at the time. Like, ooh, like I just turned this into this. Like, yeah. It looks like magic and I love magic. So it was really fun for me to experiment and learn how to edit and do the dances and honestly just keep myself busy <laughs> during mm-hmm. that time period. And it was one of those things where I would very much look up to other creators that inspired me and then add my own twist to it. Do you try to post every day? Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, it's funny because people will say post every single day, like 24-7, blah, blah, blah. To me, it's, I've learned um, post-college especially. Yes, you can grind. Yes, you can do it. And I think if you have the passion for it, like kudos to you. For me, I know balance in life. And I think because I am still pursuing acting and music and all these things that I've been mm-hmm. wanting to do, 
content is one of those things where I actually film like in a day, like I'll film all my content in a day and then kind of spread it out. Yeah. And I, my rule of thumb is just more so don't go four days without posting like that long without posting or four to three days. But I will post more so like during the week and on the weekends, I take a break. It's healthy for me. I'm able to just not worry about my phone on the weekends. I don't have to worry about like posting at a certain time. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely look at my analytics just because I'm curious. But a lot of the times too, it I've found myself getting very frustrated with the analytics. And sometimes I just need a break from looking at them because sometimes videos go viral and you have no idea why. <laughs> so at that point, I've also learned that I need to do content that I'm proud of, that I'm happy about, because no matter the result, it's something that I'm happy I posted Mm -hmm. and that I was able to like share with other people. And again, like everyone has a different schedule. Things work differently on everyone's pages, but that's just something for me. Like I've definitely learned how to balance everything in my life right now. Why do you think you connect so much with your followers? You know, I still don't know. <laughs> it's funny because with, okay, so with gymnastics, you have an audience, you know, mm-hmm. when the meets are, the girls come, like you mingle with your fans and you kind of know why they're there. They're yeah. there gymnastics with TikTok. So I've had people say like, oh, I think like, this is why your page does. Well. Oh, I think this is why your page does. Well. I'm like, oh, interesting. I didn't, I didn't know. And I think it's funny because with gymnastics, it's all about your talent. And it's like what you can do. And I think for a long time, I thought it was my TikTok. It's what I could do. Like the transitions, the gymnastics kind of integrated, the singing, the little acting stuff. But it's really interesting because recently people have told me um, they love how I'm so personable in my like behind the scenes, which are the ones that do mainly the best. And it's so interesting because I was like, oh, my people like my personality, which is <laughs> it's different because in gymnastics, it's all about showcasing this person and showing up as this yeah. person that you're trying to portray. And it's cool to me that people accept me for me and all my little quirks. And, you know, I haven't, I can still share more, but there, it's one of those things where I am just thankful that they're there <laughs> to be honest. 100%. I would love to meet them one day. Like that's, that's my goal is to actually little meet and greet. Yeah. I would love to like, even just do it like a, um, what I, what I say, I always wanted to do like a, oh my gosh, the word is like with the Ferris wheel and the a carnival, like, carnival, like a carnival day where I get yeah. to hang out with them. Like that would be so much fun to me to get, actually get to know like my mm-hmm. community. Um, but maybe one day it'll happen. <laughs> It's kind of what the Ace family did. I don't know if you know them. They're creators. Yes. They had a they had a whole carnival and all their fans came out and bought tickets to it. It looked cute, actually. It's just more personable. It's, it's yeah. It, social media is a lot different than gymnastics per se. I used to get to interact with the fans. They used to come to practices and you get to really build kind of a special bond. And mm-hmm. I wish social media was kind of like that where, you know, Hopefully there's like one place where everyone can go. But uh, VidCon was really cool last year because of all that. And it was my first experience out of the gymnastics world, kind of experiencing the content world. And it was really fun. It was super fun and really cool to see all the kids happy. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even imagine. It's like the first fan experience for your new career. Has your platform helped your acting and music career? Yes, 100%. Um, I think with the platform on TikTok, it has built me credibility 
it has built me the space to experiment and showcase the range that I have with both acting and music. And I think the one thing too, is a lot of people like Instagram is like the new generational LinkedIn. (laughs) Instagram, TikTok. It's like, Oh, what's your Instagram? What's your TikTok? Like it's definitely held me in the the fact of how I want to showcase myself and how I approach say future potential business partners and um, opportunities. And it's really fun because I think with on my page too, like I can help other people and people can help me. And it's one of those things that it, I have learned that it's very collaborative and it's been fun because I'm meeting a lot more people who I never thought I would meet and a lot of creatives who are just absolutely brilliant in what they do. Being an influencer, is it kind of stressful when people are approaching you for brand deals, not knowing what to do? Do you have somebody who you, a mentor or someone you talk to about these job opportunities? Yeah. So at the beginning, I, it's interesting because I think NCAA, as much as we weren't able to benefit from it, it has kind of taught me about what kind of person do I want to be displayed as? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's always this part of somebody that you don't know, but at the same time, like there's this person who you also, I want to be a good example to who I'm, you know, who are watching my videos. And it's one of those things that when I like post working with people, it is hard to say no sometimes because sometimes I'm like, Oh, like this is a really, I really love your story, but it just doesn't align with my brand. And it's nothing personal. It's just more, I think you would probably do better working with someone else, even though no matter who the platform is. And, you know, and I think it is difficult to pick and choose which ones you want to work with. Sometimes it's just a great opportunity and you got to take it, you know? And some people I think don't understand that part of it just Mm because it like at the end of the day, it it is a business in a way, but there are some things that where you do have to think about, you can't take every opportunity because they wouldn't really know who you are at the end of the day. And also it would just be too flooded. So I think when you are passionate about something and when you're excited about a deal, no matter what it is, like maybe it it did align with your brand, maybe it didn't, but if you're excited about it, it's going to come out in your work. (laughs) So I've been really like really excited about every single brand deal that I've done and it's been a fun opportunity for me and it's been really cool cuz it's let me meet new people but before I was doing it by myself it was very difficult to go through all those emails and also legitimately figure out which ones were good and bad <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day now I have a team that helps me and so I have an agent who kind of says like, oh, I think this would be great. Or like, you know, I, I'm not sure um, like if this company would be aligned with what you want, but they always give me the decision. At the end of the day, it's always like me saying yes or no to what I want to do. Do you think there's a skill or a tool that has contributed to your success? I think when I look at myself compared to like, say, other creators, I think my success comes with passion and a lot of hard work. And I think this has to do with my athletic background. Whatever I put my mind to, I will give it 110%. And I'm one of those people that, again, I'm proud of what I put out. I am have fun with it. If it makes me laugh, I hope it makes other people laugh. And sometimes I'm like laughing at myself, like this is so dumb, but maybe <laughs> someone else would enjoy it. But for me personally, I think it's mainly 
me taking other people along with my journey too. And I love my little penguin community. That's what I've called them for a long time, even like with gymnastics. And now like they're just all, I feel like we're just one big family and I hope that's how they feel. And I hope that they can learn something off my channel too. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you want to do gymnastics, do gymnastics. If you want to do this, do this. Like, I just think I've been told you can't do everything, but why not? Like, yeah. like what's going to stop you to do everything that you want to do? Maybe it's just, the timing's not right, but you can still do it. Maybe it'll just look a little different. So for me, um, that's kind of like what I also hope that my channel brings to other people too. What are your goals for the future? Where do you want your career to go? If you could say right now. Yeah, I would love to keep growing my community. I'd love to um, just be open to a lot of opportunities that come my way. I'm still doing auditions. I'm, you know, been working on some projects with music. So I'm so excited about that. And I am just excited to keep creating, whether mm -hmm. that be content, acting, music. And that's just my goals are more so to keep getting better at myself and to become more knowledgeable and keep learning and um, really perfect what I've learned. I always ask this, lastly, if you could give a piece of advice to a college or teenage version of yourself, what would you tell her? I would say don't stress. Like, <laughs> stop stressing. Don't cry. It's okay. Um, my biggest advice, I would say, is really enjoy the process. It doesn't last forever, like college or being around your friends or it's different in the adult world after college. And I would just say, enjoy every single moment and everything is baby steps. So as long as you're getting 1% better, then you're doing great. Well, thank you so much for coming on CEO Uncovered. I enjoyed having you on, sharing your story. You have so many stories, which I love, and you're so well-rounded. And I'm sure our high schoolers are going to really appreciate it. So thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to See Uncovered. You can check out more at www.createeveryopportunity.org. Thanks again.